Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I know some of you got a little frightened when you came in and you didn't get your palm this morning. I know some of you are sweating. You're like, oh, my God, did I come to the right church? Do they really love Jesus? They didn't give me a palm. But I promise you they are right here, and there is a purpose for that. Um, we are excited this morning. We want to say hello to everybody who tuned in online. So hi, online audience. Thank you for tuning in this morning. You know, it's so great to be part of a church that not only has a faithful membership here um, as a community, face-to-face, a live community, but we also have such a faithful online um, audience. So let's give it up for them. Let's give them a hand because really the Word of God is being able to go out to places that we can't be. You know, sometimes we want to be able to reach more than what we can, and so we're grateful for our online audience. Yeah, and we pray for Metro Card so you could come next week. (laughs) Uh, Well, we bring you greetings this morning from the Rivera household. It is a land full of mounds of piles of laundry and um, never-ending cooked meals and bickering between five siblings and an unperfect marriage. But greetings from a land where the presence and the mercy and the love of God has been made so rich to us. So we bring you greetings from our household. We come to you, and we come to you frequently, as Pastor George has um, been so gracious to allow us to share the pulpit here as ministers, Um, and we come here often, and we always greet you, but this morning, I I wanted to greet you also um, to let you know that where we come from is a place of grace, where we're coming from is a place of a great testimony. God has given us a great testimony of mercy. God has given us a great testimony of his favor in the midst of adversity. God, we carry within us the witness of the Holy Spirit that is an overcomer through every season and through every obstacle. We carry with us the testimony of the cross. We carry with us the testimony of salvation. And if you've been with us the past couple weeks, you know that we've been doing a series called Reflections. And it's been such an amazing time, I know, for me to reflect on my walk with God. Oh, and and ladies, side note, it's almost over. We're about to get our mirror back, all right? I know all the ladies are like, yes, amen, Irida, yes, that's my that's my girl right there. She She's going to make those healthies happen once it's back in that bathroom. So ladies, there's hope. But yes, we, we have been so blessed um, to hear about everything that we need to reflect on. And last week, I don't know if you all were here, but I just woke up this morning and just said, the Yahweh breath of God. How good was that? I mean, I don't know if you guys were here last week, but our speaker that blessed us, we had a guest speaker. And wow, that message has just been resonating in my spirit and I know my husband's spirit. And so we pray this morning that anything that we say to you would have um, impact. But we understand that it's not our words that carry the impact. We understand that it's the spirit and the presence of God um, that holds an eternal weight with you. So why don't we just close our eyes one moment and just dedicate this unto the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for this hour, God. We thank you so much for the preaching of the word. We thank you that you call the unqualified. We thank you that you redeem from darkness. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit will have impact. We believe that your presence will be made known in all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
All right, so this morning, you know, it's Palm Sunday, obviously. Um, we are blessed that we get to open up what's called Holy Week, um, Passion Week, as some like to call. It's a great privilege to be able to almost usher in one of the greatest celebrations that we have um, as Christians and as the body of Christ. And now you can imagine on Palm Sunday, I'm sure some of you are familiar with this story, but I kind of want to just give you a visual and set this up, kind of what it looks like. So it starts with Jesus obviously riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. All the streets are lined with people. And Jesus is making what's called his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And as many of you understand, this will be the very beginning of his journey to the cross. And what's so interesting and what I loved when I studied this was that I could imagine Jesus riding in and the crowds cheering for him. But we know that a couple days later, and if you know the story, these are the very same people who end up turning on him. But Jesus doesn't judge their praise, right? He's the son of God. He's fully God and he's fully man and he fully knows the heart of all his people. And so he knows that these are the very people that are going to turn on him. The people that are cheering and screaming, the son of David, here he comes. Hosanna in the highest as they take their palm branches and they wave them before the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And what they're proclaiming is truth. It is all true. He is the coming Messiah. He is the one that has come to save. But he doesn't judge their praise. Turn to your neighbor and say, that is good news. Turn to them one more time. Say, that is good news. You know why that's good news, guys? Because no matter what season we are in our lives, we could be in a real funky season or we can be on the mountaintop where we can feel and sense the glory of God. And in both those moments and in all those places, in the valleys and in the darkness, God will never come to us and say, well, you know, you're just praising me because you got a promotion. Or you're just, you know, saying hallelujah. Or you're just praying to me because, you know, you, you just need, you need something from me right now. Isn't it so good to know that he won't judge us in that way? And so I can imagine Jesus riding in on this donkey. And I can imagine him with a smile on his face. And not because the crowd was cheering for him. But because the very purpose of why he came was getting ready to come into the fulfillment of what was to be from the beginning, from the foundations of the world. He knew that he was bringing victory, his triumphant entry. He was bringing victory. The thing is, the people that were cheering for him, and his disciples were there, and he had just raised Lazarus from the dead, and so there was this, you know, this, Big attention on Jesus while wow, he raises from the dead. And the religious people were all going crazy because they were just like, no, we don't want any more attention on this man who proclaims to be the Messiah. No, they were going nuts. But there was all this attention on him. And the whole time, every time, every time that he would make himself known in a place, Something would happen. Something would happen. And, you know, it's funny because everyone thought that he was going to be like King David. 
They thought they were, he was going to come and, and win wars and, win and rule over nations. In fact, the reason why they waved the palm branches, one reason why they waved the palm branches was because they celebrated what was called the Feast of Tabernacles. And so that's why all the Jews had come and they traveled from so far into Jerusalem so that they could wave their palm branches. And that's, um, in the Jewish religion, um, something called Sukkot. And they were celebrating how God brought them out of Egypt, saved them through the desert, and brought them into their promised lands. But these people were thinking of Jesus as a natural uh, a natural king. Does that make sense? A natural king, someone who was going to come in, a big, powerful political leader. But as he comes in on this donkey... He comes in on the colt, which is the lesser of the two, and he asks for two. He asks for a donkey and the fall of the donkey, the colt. And he rides in on the most peaceful being because what he's coming to bring is a kingdom of peace, not a kingdom of war. He's coming not to rule nations. He's coming, rather, to rule hearts and minds. He's coming to bring salvation. He's not coming again to bring war. So we open up with this scripture in Matthew 21, this is the cusp of everything that we stand on today. Matthew 21, 1 to 11. I'm reading from the ESV version. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, Say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, and I love this, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on and the significance of what those cloaks um, represented because we oftentimes talk about this palm branch and where that, um, of course, bears a lot of weight and heavy significance in this um, Palm Sunday holiday. Um, but there also is a, a great lesson to be taught there. So it says, verse 9, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! Now, a lot of us shout Hosanna today, but I wonder how many of us understand what the word Hosanna means. And very honestly, for many years, I've heard beautiful songs with the title Hosanna, but never really understood what that meant. And so sort of the quick, the quick version of it, it simply means save us, to help us now, to save us now. So they were declaring, here he comes, he's coming in, Hosanna, Hosanna, this is the one that has come to save us. So I'm going to ask you today, and this is the title of our message, Why Hosanna? Why Hosanna? Why do we cry Hosanna? Why are you crying Hosanna in your life right now? Why do you need to cry Hosanna? Why did they need to cry at Hosanna? They cry Hosanna because just like us today, they were under a lot of political torment, oppression, economic you had rulers that were taking advantage of the people, putting people in power. You had Pilate. You had all, all these people that would come in and keep these people from religious. We had the Pharisees. 
people that would keep them in bondage. They didn't have the freedom. They desired a king, someone that would come in and be that, which would David was, someone that would come in and tear them up, you know, bring the kingdoms down, someone that would rule on the throne that they can follow after. But as she said, they came in peace. I'm going to read uh, Luke 19, 41 to 44. As Jesus was approaching, right, as he's approaching um, Jerusalem, he began to weep over them. And I'm going to read the account. It says, and when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, would, you, would, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the day will come upon you when your enemies will set up bar barricade around you and surround you. And, and hem you on every side, and the tear and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone on the, upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. They were so caught up in their own situation. They were so caught up in the, what was going on around them that they did not realize why Jesus came for them. So Jesus wept over them, not realizing that this time was a time of their salvation. I heard this. I, I was at, when when Pastor George asked me to speak. I heard I heard this real clearly. I was in the barber shop, and I heard Hosanna, 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 and I heard the Lord say, "This is the cry of my people." So I was like, "I, right, you know, that don't that don't mean anything." You know what I'm saying? It just brings confusion to me. So, but then when I understand, I started reading the word Hosanna. That it means to be saved, to save me. And I was like, "Why would God's people say to be saved?" Why will you call on the Lord to save you when you're already saved? What has got to your people in an oppression, in a situation where they need a call for help, that they're crying out for help? That's what's happening in society today. There's so much going around. I'm going to give you a couple of examples of things. My wife was like, oh, my God. It's like, you know, um, one of the things that we deal with today is immorality. We deal with economic problems. There's no jobs. Or if you got a job, you're working like crazy. You're only getting like a dollar, you know? There's people start. There's violence. Just around the area, they shut off the whole blocks because somebody got shot. Just so much anger and frustration is going on in the world. And as believers in this world, we get caught up in that somehow. It affects us in a negative way. It affects us in a, to the point that we're, we're crying out for help for the very things that we're seeing, not realize inside of us there's a peace. That Christ came to give us peace inside. It doesn't matter if uh, Donald Trump is the president. I'm going to be real with you. I watch it. She watches that stuff all the time. I'm like, I don't watch that craziness. But this guy is crazy. But the fact of the matter is, whoever's in power, whoever's ruling, whoever's your boss, whoever's in the neighborhood, wherever shots are going off and wherever you live, it doesn't matter because inside there's supposed to be a peace inside of you. Everything's supposed to be well inside of us. But we're so, we're so focused on the outside, and when we're crying for help, what we're crying for, we're crying for God to rescue us out of this situation that we're in. Not realizing that he already came and done it for us. So when, God, when I heard the Lord say, Hosanna, 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 he said, my people are crying out, but they're saying Hosanna in the wrong way. They're crying out for help, not realizing that I am their help already. They're not realizing that I already came and die for their sins and shed my blood for them so that I can dwell with me. Dwell with me in peace, in joy. But the circumstances of life have overtaken us. And all we focus on is what we see on the news. I don't know, I hate watching the news. Everything has to change, change it, change it. The kids are watching it, change it, change it. Because they ask you a thousand questions like, what's going on? Why did they get shot? Isn't that our neighborhood? Isn't that our building right there in the background? 
you gotta try to cover them for those things. But God never promised that there'll be there won't be trials on the earth. There won't be struggles. There won't be things that we will go through. But He overcame the world already. There is a time when He will return. There is a time when He'll come home and rule this nation and rule rule as a king. But when He came before, He came for our souls. He came to save us from ourselves. I want to read Luke 21, 28. It says, When these people began to take place, when these things began to take place, stand up and lift your heads up because the redemption draw near. When you see things that are negative and you see things that are frustrating and see things that are out of control in our world, that's not the time for you to panic. That's not the time you start blaming, oh my God, the end of the world is coming and the Antichrist is coming. That's the time for you to look up where your help comes from. You need to know today that your help comes from the Lord. We don't walk around this world confused and just falling apart and going to mental institutes and all these things that the world deals with. That's not our place. We've forgotten who our Hosanna is today. We're crying the wrong Hosanna. We're crying like old school. I was talking to Pastor Mark, Miguel, um, in the background. And as I read the New Testament, I never hear the disciples like, help me, please. Like, it, it, because Jesus came. The Old Testament, they cried out to the Lord and they asked for redemption. And the Lord came for redemption. But in the New Testament, Jesus was that help. I, heard, I read a story where this, if you're drowning and you're calling out for help, there's no one around, but you're calling out for help in desperation. That's what they did in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, they call to the helper, which is like a lifeguard, jumping into the water because they know where their help comes from. So when they saw Jesus, they knew he was the helper. They knew he was the one that come to rescue them, but their minds were so focused on the world's system that they did not realize that what he came to help them for. So when he did not fulfill what they wanted, they actually tell him, go crucify him, get rid of him. Where we stand today in that? What are we hoping for? What are we asking to be saved from that when God doesn't do it or it doesn't happen for you quick enough, we just abandon God and say, this is nonsense, this is fake. This is just like religion. I want to read Ephesians 2, 1 through 9. This is what God, there's a lot of things that God said. Obviously, he saved us from sin. He saved us from, from um, death and going to hell and all these things like that. He saved us from ourselves. But there's a bigger purpose why he saved you on this earth. Not to put, take the Kardashians or, what is it, Kanye West want to be president now or something like that? And not all this craziness that we read in the news, like, oh my God, what's going on? There's something greater that God wants you to do in the midst of all this craziness. Not for us to get caught up in what's happening, but to be a light in the situation. Here's Ephesians 2, 1 through 9. Uh, As for you, you were dead in transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who, who now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. But because of the great love of us, of love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. That's everything right there, yo. Even in the midst of your garbage and our garbage, Christ died for us. It is by grace you have been saved. 
And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not for, for it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We are called for a greater purpose. To do good works. We are seated in heavenly realms. Physically, you're not there. But spiritually, we are seated with Jesus in heaven. To do the work that he began. To do the work that he did on earth. We're called now to do, be, be in this world and do that. We're not called to just change politics. Change the crime. Sometimes if, if you do what God calls you to do, we can change our neighborhoods. Do you know if you are the light of the world, if you go out and, and preach the gospel and show kindness to people, you can make a difference in the darkest places? We're waiting for man to come and change the circumstances when you, God has put in you a spirit, the spirit of God, to change what you need to be changed. Life has got us down. We have a lot of problems. People have a lot of problems with finances and situations with children and marriages. and you, you know what you go through. But God came so he could give you peace. He came to break those things in your life. He came to trade your cries to confidence. You have to have confidence. God wants us to have confidence that no matter what's going on, it always works out. It don't matter how many times we complain. We're getting to a point now when we go through stuff and our children go through stuff, we're like, I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know where we're going in this situation, but I know in the end it will work out. So we walk with confidence in the midst of it, knowing that no matter what comes at us, what's happening around us, it's all going to turn out for our good. Because Jesus already paid the price. We're not looking for Jesus to come and do something that he didn't do already. He already did it. So for believers that follow Christ, this is the remembrance of who Hosanna is to you. That Hosanna is the Savior. You're not looking to be saved. He already saved you. That you're in a seat in the high places, that you're dwelling with him. That if you in a drop of a dime, you can be like, Father, I need help right now. Show me what to do in this situation. Where are you going to do it? How are you going to fix this? How are you going to do that? How are you going to work that out? Not in a desperation as though he's in Florida and you're stuck here and you're calling out and wondering if he can hear you but without a phone. He hears you clearly. For those who don't believe and don't know Jesus, Jesus came on that road to save you. To save us from ourselves. You getting it? You know, one of the things we suffer as Christians today is identity crisis. We reflect so much of the world. Like, you know, we go to church and like, ah, I'm, I'm good now. And I love, it's not even like putting a fitted on, but it's like putting a, a, a curse on or something. You know, like we get to a point where we're like, I'm, I'm done with church right now. Now I go to work now. I'm a different person. We reflect the world so much. We reflect all its problems. All its, all, its, all its financial problems, its failures. We, we reflect that so much because we're stuck in the world. Just like they were in the, in the Word. Stuck in the world crying for help. Asking God to relieve us from this stress. Relieve us from these problems. Help me get off medication. Help me get, get better. Help me. All these things we're crying out for like, they, like it's foreign. But I feel like today is the day of our visitation. Though He did it before already and it's already accomplished. For us today it's a remembrance of what God did to, for us. That he paid a visit to us to set us free. To give us freedom. To give us joy and peace. In the midst of the craziness. Can you imagine? That's why he said, give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. 
I don't know what's going on. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what's going to happen next day. I don't know if it gets worse and worse and worse with the world. The Bible speaks about it. It's going to get worse and worse. I'm going to let you know right now. Let's be real. It ain't going to get better, but it's going to get better for us. As that sin abounds, much more grace abounds for us. And when the sin is getting worse and things are getting worse in this world, we don't have to sit there and say, please help us, help us, help us. We know where the help comes from. And we can stand and make a difference in the worst situations of your life. It doesn't matter what you're going through today. We have the palms come up today because we, we, we really want us to understand who we're worshiping. We're worshiping the Savior. We're not looking for someone to save us. We're worshiping the helper. We're not looking for someone to help us. He already did it for us. And we need to get in a place, that dwelling place, and remind ourselves that we're with him. We're working it, working it out for him. He has prepared us to do the good works that he set before us. If you have not found yourself on that road to do the good works of the Lord, today he's going to begin your steps. Nobody's disqualified for that. Jesus accepted their worship because he was coming in. He said, look, I'm the king. I don't know, this is my time to, to show the world that I am king to you. And though they didn't receive it in the way he, he, he came into, it didn't matter. Even the Pharisees like, yo, yo, tell these guys to shut up. Tell them to be quiet. And they're speaking things of what the, the messianic world, or what we talk about when we talk about God. Tell them to be quiet. He said, no. Because if they don't stop, if they, if they stop, the rocks will cry out for me. We ain't no rocks, yo. We're not going to stop praising God. And I'm not talking about in the worship, like singing in that sense, but in our lives, our daily lives, we're not going to disqualify ourselves because the, the, the bill's not paid. I, I saw this joke to my sister, wife. I said, listen, you know, we go out and say we're the light of the world, but then we get depressed and defeated because we didn't pay our Con Edison bill. So I ain't got no light. So I ain't got no light. So I'm going to be the light of the world. Come on, man. I don't have Con Edison today. That ain't me. I ain't talking about me, brother. You understand what I'm saying? How quickly silly things in life could just bring us down. I know there's tragedies in life. I know there's deaths and there's really hardships in life. But they don't come to destroy you. The enemy uses it to destroy, to destroy you, but it doesn't come to destroy us. Because we have peace inside in the midst of that craziness. So I'm going to transfer it over to the, to the lady right here. One of the things we have to remember is in all our foolishness, let's be real, it's foolishness and craziness that we hold on to like the world. It's time to lay those things down before God. We're going to lay those things today down before God and acknowledge who's coming. Who came that day? We were those people back then. We're going to acknowledge who came down that road and why he came. We're not going to be confused of the world's system and believe for something else. We're going to know the truth that Christ came to set you free. All right? So Christ came to make all things new. And in this triumphant entry, his purpose was to revolutionize what we know about God and how we experience God. And part of that is taking on that nature of Christ. Part of us coming into the full movement of the Spirit of God in our lives is really understanding this gentle, peaceful nature in which he rode in on, in which he entered into Jerusalem, in, into which he comes into those religious areas of our lives. Before I had told you that there's a portion in Matthew 21 um, that I wanted to go back to about the cloaks. And so I just want to reiterate that in Matthew 21, 6, where he said, Matthew said, the disciples went 
and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt, and they placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And so that really stuck out to me. And I said, you know, Lord, what does that mean? What does that mean that they laid down their cloaks? And the Lord just began to deal with me. And he began to tell me, you know, when you lay down your preconceived notions of what I want to do and how I want to do it in your life, and you begin to yield and to submit all your understanding to me, and you lay that down before me, A, that's worship. And B, that leaves room for the movement of the Spirit of God to come in like a flood and to overwhelm you. Now, I don't know about you, but I struggle with that sometimes. I am a mama of five kids, okay? So in my world, I know everything. And no one can tell me I don't know because I know. But then you kind of have to, right, as a mom? You kind of got to have to know you, you're the leader. You're the, you provide some of the guidance in the home. And so I, you know... I'm steadfast in what I believe. I am, I am a stubborn girl. <laughs> I, and he can attest. Hold on, I've got to put my mic on. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, I, I will admit I can. I can be very, very stubborn. And that's a really good thing, or in his case, it's a really bad thing. Um, but, but when I get stuck on something, when I believe it with the... It's my turn. Okay, it's my turn. So when I get stuck on something, I am fixated, okay? And again, that can be a really great quality about me, and that can be a bad quality. And in my relationship with Jesus, sometimes that is a negative. It is not always a positive. And when Jesus, you know, opened up the scripture to me and showed me, you know, the disciples and, and, and members of the crowd laying down those garments, you know, it just made me remember when I first got saved. And for those of you who know my testimony, you understand that I came from a very rough background and I came from a lot of injustice and, and a place where everything that was done to me was pretty much wrong. And so when I got saved, you know, I got overwhelmed by the love of God and, and, and that was great. And I really had to, as I continued on in my journey and still do, um, had to learn about that love and what that was. But what a part of me fixated on the most was, now that I'm saved, and now that I have the King of Kings, and now that I've found the Savior, and now that I've found the great judge, he is going to right all my wrongs. And that's what he's going to do. But that's not what his purpose was. And it, it, it was a hard pill for me to swallow because even till this day, there are still people who have done great harm to me who have never ever come to me to say, I'm sorry. There are great circumstances where people have passed away in my life who have done great harm to me and I've never had that face-to-face -face closure with. There have been people in my life that have physically done me great harm who have never even acknowledged that that's what they've done and they roam around the street free as a bird when after what they did to me, they should be locked up in a prison cell. And so I thought upon my salvation, just like the Jews did, that God was coming to rule and to right my wrongs. And that he was going to come and make war with all my enemies. Because I thought that that's what 
would give me closure. And that's what would satisfy. And it would. It would satisfy my flesh. But that's not what the spirit is after. You know, the Lord showed me that what he wanted to do was for me to submit to his grace. He wanted me to submit to his love. He wanted me to submit to his mercy. He wanted me to understand what it was to walk out redemption. He wanted to teach me how to treat people with kindness and how to respect other people. I mean, simple sort of things, the golden rule kind of concepts that you grow up learning. Simple things, things that I didn't know, things that I wasn't taught. I learned how to be hard. I learned how to be cold. And so what the whole time I realized was that he really was after my heart. And the whole time he made his triumphant entry into my life to bring peace to my soul. So that I can in turn, like my husband said, now go out into the world, into my community to be a light and to be a peacemaker. Now I'm not saying that, you know, I stroke everything everybody says. No, please, if you know me, you know that's not me. You know that I believe very much in the truth. And that God has used the street to make me street like in a godly way. You know what I'm saying? Like to confront things like in the spirit, not in a ghetto, you know, sort of ratchet way, but like, you know, in a sanctified, holy, redemptive. Where's Daisy? She knows. Daisy, where you at? Come on. Daisy knows what I'm talking about. All right. There you go. That's right, boo. Okay. That's right. Ratchet to righteous. That's what he did. That's what he does. So that all my days, and uh, this is like side note, Emerge Women's Ministry ladies, if you haven't gotten connected, please do so. We're on Facebook, we're on um, Instagram. But what we have is this sort of hashtag that we do, right? It's called Jesus Did That, okay? So he redeemed me and he filled me with his gentle nature and redeemed all these very rough sides of me so that I could have a testimony and bear witness to his love and his grace and his mercy. So all the days of my life I could say, hashtag Jesus did that. Right? Listen, ladies, we going somewhere with this, just like FYI. But that's why he does it. And when we lay down like the disciples and like members of the crowd that morning, that afternoon, as they laid down their cloaks and as they waved their palms, they understood, like my husband said, where their help came from. They understood that to yield to the peace of the kingdom of God is what true righteousness and godliness looked like. Not fluffed up pride. And recently, and I'm not going to get into it, but I had a very bad experience with members of a certain body and not this church, but another church. And, you know, I just kind of smelled sort of this smell of arrogance in the house of God. And it really made me like almost physically nauseous because I'm like, this is not why Jesus died. So we could treat each other. And, you know, the leaders can be very pompous and prideful and walk around, you know, with their heads so high up that they can't look down at anyone. And, you know, members of the church who are unapproachable. No, that's not what Jesus died for. He died 
so that I can come and when I see you hurting, no matter if I stand up here and you sit over there, that we can be one, that we can have unity, that we can bear one another's burdens, that I can cry with you, that Michelle is like amazing with her tears because they minister to me and they comfort me and she cries with me when I cry and I have my sisters who laugh and rejoice with me when I laugh and I rejoice and I have my sisters and my brothers who pray with me when I'm in need and it doesn't matter if they're up here or they're sitting here or they're online or wherever they are we understand there's a common understanding to know that Jesus called us so that we can be part of a body that loves one another with a gentle nature with a gentle humble lowly state the same way that he came in and yet even in that gentleness he still reigns and rules with authority and he is the king of kings and he is the from the descendants of the king of david and he will come back on this earth one day and he will crack the sky and he will be lord over all but as we remain here on this earth we remember as we reflect, right? Our whole series is this reflection piece. As we reflect, who should we be? Why Hosanna in our lives? Because we realize that he is the help. Because we realize now that we have the help, we now give the help. We now serve other people. We now give to other people from the abundance and the wealth of the goodness of God that has been graciously poured out upon us. And we reflect on the beautiful ferocious love of God so ferocious that even as he entered into Jerusalem he rejoiced not because they were screaming his name but because now there was going to be a fulfillment and all of mankind would have the opportunity to come to him and no more blood would have to be shed and that is amazing news amen so what we want to do this morning, we'd like you all to rise. And I feel like now that you have a good understanding of why you cry Hosanna and why you worship with the word Hosanna on this Palm Sunday, we want to invite we want to invite you to come down in a moment, and we'd like the worship team to come up. But I hope today that in our Rivera language, we was able to express what Hosanna is to you. And if Hosanna still helped me, helped me in my situation, I want to invite you to, I want to, invite you to a, a wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to have the prayer team over here to pray with you. You can come up and get your palm right before that. But I just want to encourage you that this life, the world that has to offer, is dangerous, is scary, is frustrating, is disappointing. But I'm going to let you know a relationship with Jesus is not disappointing. A relationship with Jesus is fulfilling. In the midst of madness, it's fulfilling for you. So I want to encourage you today to your Hosanna. Your cry will be changed today. I pray that they, it will be changed. I pray that when you come up and you take one of these palms, you're not taking it just to throw it in the car. That's what mine is. I think I found one last year in the back of the car. But that, that is a, a symbol that you acknowledge what your Hosanna is, that he is your savior today. That wherever you're in, whatever pit you're in, whatever frustration you're in, whatever doubt you got, 
whatever disappointing people made you feel or hurt you, I want to let you know that Jesus has come to break that war that's inside your spirit and give you peace today. To calm the storm that's inside of you that has not stopped yet, that keeps moving and moving. And when you repeat the same thing over, I hear the Lord saying, peace today is yours. He came in peace to give you peace. And today, peace is yours. So as you come up, which way are they coming? How do you work in this? You're going to make two lines, one on this side, one on this side. You're going to come up. You're going to exit through the center. Yeah, come up on the outside and come and just take a palm. And you're declaring today that your Hosanna is Savior, that Jesus is the Savior of the life. And Jesus is the one that did it. It's going to do it for you. And if you don't know Jesus today, get on board. Because the world is not getting any better. But God has some plans for you that you have not seen yet. The regular day-to-day working and jobs is not all what God has for you. There's more. There's life-changing experiences that out of your own mouth and your own skills and your own way that God can touch this world. So I just pray that this song would just bless you as you go come up and receive these palms in the name of Jesus.